Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts, Brendan McCullough and Matt Basta. How are you guys? Hey. Hey. Friends? Hey, acquaintances. I'm calling, I'm Skyping uh, from the, the payphone here uh, in Alcatraz. Um, I, uh, I've been arrested by the IRS on uh, <laughs> triple counts of... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Last episode was definitely one to go in the books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of the books, all of the dockets, uh, court hearings, all all (laughs) of the things. Yeah. I would say I have fled the country out of fear of someone hunting me down, but I don't remember anything I said in that last episode. So I can't make (laughs) a joke about it. I'm with you on that. I don't Um, remember a single word I said. Something about circumcision got in there somewhere. That's oh, I hope Did not. It. Oh, I hope not either. <laughs> then you should have edited that episode that. better. Oh, god damn it. Um, <laughs> but this is a video game podcast. I do have a newer uh, it's actually not newer, but a new game for me that I've been playing. Um, anybody want to go first? Uh, sure, cuz I really haven't played too much so I can knock it out. Um, I gushed oh, well, uh last episode I gushed all over the game One Shot. Ooh. <laughs> what? <laughs> You, you oh, gushed all gushed over it. it. Yeah, I um, <laughs> ganked my dick so hard I gushed all over it. Uh, no, it's a, I won't say that. It's a pure game. It's innocent. It's wonderful. Um, and right as I did that, right as we recorded that, they actually updated the game and gave it... It had an ending before, but now this is like a bonus ending. So like, if you weren't super satisfied, here's a little more. And I guess that was in development for a while, but it just happened to come out right as I finished. God damn it. What? Right as you finished. Ha! Didn't even realize that. Um, but yeah, so it came out just in time, and I it just further reinforced how much I fucking love that game. Um, when you play it the first time, you it's a permanent choice, like, for the ending. You can't play it again. Initially, like, so it seems. If you really want to, you can, like, go into the code and, like, work your way around it and play it again. But... The ending, like the real choice uh, at the end, doesn't matter enough for you to really justify playing it again, unless you just want it to. Like it's not, it doesn't really alter the rest of the game because it just ends. Um, and then the update continues the game and then allows you to replay it as much as you want. Like so, it takes that out, and it's just so good. It's very good, and I further recommend it even more with this ending now. Yeah, and the ability to replay it. Yeah, now you can replay it. and um, You know, it's a small game. I think the people that made it are in college, or still are. So it's not like... It's not like near where there's like 26 endings and you gotta play it and see all the different variations. Like, I don't think it varies that much, but there are a few little things you can do differently. So if you do want to play it again, you can. But cool. I think you can get a full grasp of what the whole game is from one playthrough. But it's so good. I've just been buying copies for people and just sending them out left and right because I think more people need to know about this game and play it. And it's only like ten bucks, like full price. So it's great, great deal. Nice. Um, playing Overwatch, of course. Blah blah blah. Uh, Rivals of Athera, the fighting game I'm playing a lot of, finally got a full release. It was in early access for like three years, and. Uh, as I said before, you wouldn't have been able to tell. Like it might as well have been a full game in early access. Yeah. Now with the full release, they they said they were going to release four new characters upon full release. 
that has not happened yet. So I'm assuming the characters are still coming, but they haven't done it with the full release update. Huh. Uh, one thing that sucked is they took, there's eight characters, they took two of them and put them behind a little, like, in-game currency paywall. Like, for 500 coins each, you unlock the characters. Oh, God. And I was like, that's dumb, because that's the character I mean. Like, that's my main guy, <laughs> and now I'm fucking shit, because I have to learn how to play someone else. Luckily, if you just played, th- there's also a story mode now, which is a very loose story, and it just has random battles in it. Like, it seems like there's parts where, like, the the person you're fighting coincides with the story. Like, oh, this syncs up in this, like, scene. And then the rest of the characters are just random fights. Like, so it, it's pretty much just, like, a small little graphic novel story, and you also happen to fight five guys along the way. Like, it doesn't okay. really, it doesn't really tie in well. There's a very loose story to it. Um, but yeah, so if you beat the story mode, you play as the six characters, um, through each of them, all five fights, and then do this big battle at the end, which is pretty interesting, but really hard, especially if you're not good. Like, no one, I don't think anyone's good with everybody equally. There's definitely people you're better with than others. So at the final fight, it's really tricky because it's like, oh, I'm good with this character, and you get, you know, cold cocked or cheap shot, and you fly off the map, and then you're like, great, now I have to play as this shitty character that I'm terrible with and fight this horrible boss. Like, so it gets tricky when you're forced to play characters you're not good with. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and if you beat the story mode, you get enough currency to buy both those two characters. So okay. it, you just have to play through the story mode once, and you'll unlock them, which is fair. But Definitely. I, I, I just don't know why they are locked. Like, it's not like they're necessarily stronger. The one character, Absa, kind of plays like Ness in Super Smash Brothers. Like, she can be very good, but you really have to know what you're doing with her. She's very floaty. The other guy's a polar bear and uses ice, and he's really heavy and strong. So, like, they're both pretty unique characters and take a good amount of practice to get good with. They're not necessarily OP. So, um, I just don't know why they were locked. It's not too hard to unlock them, but it's just confusing why they were to begin with. Um, then there's like an endless mode, and there's online team battles now, which suck because you can only team up locally and then play against other people online. So I can't like team up with a buddy of mine who's across the country, and then we fight other people online. We have to do it locally to team up. Um, so that's annoying, but still, great game. Highly recommend it still, and now it's just full release. So if you're concerned about early access, it's out. Uh, and then uh, last game, I haven't played it, but it looks fucking awesome. Uh, it's called Snake Pass, and I saw it on uh, Steam, and I didn't think too much of it. The picture just kind of looked like a kind of generic picture, and I thought it was going to be just a real shitty, like, I don't know, indie platformer that just looked good nice, but didn't handle well at all, or that like it was just all uh, design and no real substance to it. I was very wrong. Uh, watched a playthrough of it. It's, I'm, I am positive that they either took inspiration from or had developers from Rare Studios, the guys that did uh, Banjo Kazooie and Donkey Kong Country, and are doing Ukulele, or the developers from Rare are doing Ukulele. Like, yeah, it is a thousand percent that aesthetic. It is absolutely that same style. Just. The character, you play as a little snake, and he has, like, a bird that helps him out. Um, the music, the level design, it is 100% inspired by that. I cannot see anyone arguing that. Um, but, yeah, it's a really chill platformer. 
as far as I could tell, there weren't even enemies. And you just play as this little snake. You slither around collecting uh, little bubbles and crystals and gems. This little hummingbird will pick up your tail. Like, you play as an actual snake. It's not like anthropomorphized. It doesn't have legs or anything. So you have to slither and coil yourself around different parts of the level. And you have to maintain your body, like, weight distribution. So you can't put all of your weight on your tail and expect to, like, snake out over a, uh, an edge. Or you'll fall through. So it's really neat. And it's really good looking. It looks amazing. Yeah, dude, I'm checking out, I'm checking out their website right now. It does look really interesting. And a benefit being the fact that it's on like every available thing, like it's Steam, Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and Windows. So if you're just trying to play this, you should be able to find it. Yeah. Can I, I play know. it on my Windows phone? It says Windows. So I'm thinking maybe on the phone. I don't know. That might be a stretch. <laughs> no, you can't do anything on a Windows phone because it's a terrible choice in phones. Because there's yeah. just nothing for them. It's just not tisk, supported by tisk, anything. AJ. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, I know on Steam it's only $20, but it looks great, and it's, yeah, it's just a really calming little puzzle thing, if you just want to hang out and play that, it looks great. So, uh, for anyone looking for a, a chill game, I would recommend that, Snake Pass. Cool. That looks neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you, Basta? Anything new and exciting in the game world for you? Um, I've been playing more Sudoku. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What a rousing video game. Yeah, well, actually, like, I've been getting much better at it. I've been finding finding it easier to, like, spot the patterns. At first, it's really tough because, um, for instance, like, the the one technique, you have to look for sort of like a three-by-three square um, where each one of those squares has the possibility of being a certain number. But... Within that square, up to uh, three of those squares might not contain the number. And it, it can only be in like certain patterns. And so you have to be like really clever, like looking for uh, what it is. But once you sort of figure out what the, the strategy is for like looking at it, it it's much easier to spot them. Um, it's also interesting to try and find what they call them like hidden pairs, hidden triplets. Um, and the idea is that uh, there's one or two numbers which you can eliminate from the board by looking at uh, numbers in other cells. But because um, there are a lot of possibilities, it's sort of difficult to spot them. Um, so I've gotten very good at, at uh, sort of paring down uh, the combinations. Um, so yeah, I, I realize that's sort of <laughs> sort of dumb. Uh, otherwise I've been working a lot on Pinecast. Uh, there were some server issues that came up, um, this past week. Some people had, uh, some interesting questions and and problems. Um, there were some questions about, uh, the new feedback feature, um, and how that works. Uh, you can now request features and, and vote on them. Um, there were some tweaks that, uh, I ended up doing for, uh, thumbnails on the site. There were some tweaks that I ended up doing for making sites look better and being more customizable. Um, there was some confusion around what comes with different plans. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a busy week. Um, and lots, lots of more good stuff to come. Uh, a bunch of annoying Safari bugs, uh, got fixed. Um, there's some bugs in Safari for iOS and desktop. Um, 
for the life of me, I can't figure out what version of Safari it is because it works fine on my computer, but it doesn't work fine on my tablet, but my tablet isn't the right screen size to be able to uh, replicate the issue. So what I had to do is like add a little hidden switch um, that I could turn on that like resized my tablet screen to be the size of an iPhone so that I could test my fix for it, uh, which is really fucking annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, otherwise things are, things are coming along. I'm working on, uh, I think I mentioned this last time I'm working on an API so that Pinecast studio can um, interact with the Pinecast servers. And the challenge is securing it, right? So if I ship a Pinecast studio and it's got like a secret key in it um, that lets it talk to my servers, anybody can just go in there and figure out what the secret key is, right? So there has to be sort of like this weird authentication mechanism. So you need to be able to log in and then you say like, yes, I give you permission. And then it gives you a key and then you use that key to get a different key. And then that key can do stuff and certain keys have certain permissions and certain keys don't have certain permissions. And the whole idea is so that I can ship Pinecast Studio and then add more features and remove features and maybe have different apps and uh, different things like that. And it's just, it's just tedious. There's a lot of moving parts um, and making sure that it all works together well is, uh, it, it's, it's a real challenge. So. Yeah, definitely. That's what's going on here. Cool. I mean, um, if Tumblr has taught me anything, it's that shipping is very difficult at times, especially when the two characters don't mash well together and the larger community thinks it's a gross pairing. Okay. Sh- shipping is I don't get it, but I'm, I'm sure when it's you write fine. fan fiction about two characters, fucking oh, see, no oh, wonder I don't thing? get that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't spend as much time on Tumblr. I don't either. I just look at a lot of smut. Of course, um, of course well, you do. Yeah, that yeah. brings me to the only real game I've been playing. Sure, I've been playing Attack on Titan, but I also picked up um, Mirror's Edge Catalyst over the weekend <laughs> just because. Hey, and the crowd goes meh. I know. Well, seriously, the thing is. Uh, I was. I remember when that game first came out. I was definitely interested because I love Mirror's Edge, but I'm not. I wasn't about to drop like sixty or forty dollars on the game. So now it's only twenty bucks. I'm like, that's more realistic and reasonable. And yeah, I don't think it's worth much more than that. Like even as a big fan, like diving in, I was kind of like underwhelmed and like annoyed at certain little things. Like I knew what I was getting into, especially with the early reviews of people being like, yeah, you can't control the guns and like, there's going to be no, like there is violence in the sense like you're, you're fighting off people and like you just do karate and shit and like send people off the sides of buildings. So you can technically kill people, but yeah, you can't shoot guns, which honestly it's not a huge, like it's not like a game breaking deal for me, but like it would have been nice to have that old cause in the original mirror's edge, that was cool to be able to just shoot people and stuff. Well, but, it's, it's kind of like in stealth games where it's like like Metal Gear or something where it's like, oh, it's recommended you go in stealthy and don't let anyone know. It's like, yes, ideally that's what happens. But if something goes wrong, it's nice to be able to shoot the gun. It's nice to have the backup plan. So like well, in Mirror's Edge, if you don't have that backup plan, it's like, shit, what do I do? Exactly. And also in the very beginning of the game, like the opening cutscenes, you learn like these people like are have like you've been in juvenile detention or some kind of shit for like a, a certain number of years. I think like two years. And they just treat you like total shit in there. And like the guards are just like literally just beating the fuck out of you. Like for no good reason, you're just being a normal person. So that just gives me like that like anguish. And I'm like, fuck these guys. If like, they're going to start shooting at me and want to fight, like I want to be able to shoot them in the face and be like, bitch. But anyway, you can't really get that satisfaction unless you take them off a building. 
bitch. But um, uh, it is really interesting. It's like kind of like semi open world feel like to it, like the the world of or the city of glass. Um, very decent graphics, especially it came out last year, like mid year, I believe. Um, having fun with it. It is just a lot of time trial stuff, like the entire thing. It's like oh, deliver this uh vial and don't break it, and it's got to be in this mm. certain amount of time, and like. There's a handful of like variety in the parkour you can do. Like you can skill roll, you can wall uh, run, you can jump and like springboard and all this stuff. And that leads me to like to the the next thing I'm gonna bring up is I do foresee myself being capable of uh, platinuming this game. But there's some trophies I like looked it up already, and they look like absolutely they're gonna be a total chore and if not near impossible because it's one of those where you have to do like a whole chain of events of like parkour. And I think it was the same way on, like, Xbox 360 or whatever I played uh, the original Mirror's Edge on. Um, But so it's like, okay, run, jump, springboard, wall ride, like, fucking coil, like, all, you have to do, like, a whole chain of them in order to unlock the achievement. So those are the only ones I'm probably going to really struggle with and have to, like, specifically look up, like, what do I have to do? But the rest of it, I think you can get, like, just playing the game normally and, like, certain ones, it's like... I don't know. I can't even think of any off the top of my head, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be that challenging. There's like different dashes across the city of glass. So like you'll encounter like um, basically like a time trial where if you get it in a certain amount of time, you get three stars. And if it's less, you get two stars and one star and getting three stars on every dash, I believe is a trophy. And I, so far I've got three stars on most of them. So that shouldn't be too tough, but I don't know. There were a few where I was just like up all night being like, fuck, like trying to get three stars. Um, so overall having fun. Yeah. I'm not surprised that that game, that entire game, even the first one is pretty much just like speed run the game. Like it's just speed. It really is. It really, really is. That's like the bottom line with this. So yeah. And without combat, there's even less they can do with it. Like at least in the first one, you can be like, Oh, do all this without taking away a gun or do this with only a gun, like defeat all the guards with only a gun and stuff. So without the combat now, there's even less. Yeah, and the story isn't really, like, grabbing me by any means. In fact, I find myself just, like, not paying attention when they're talking. I'm like, yeah, I just want to run around. (laughs) So, like, and I also, in the first game, like, that's what I mean. I remember when we first heard about this, like, and when it was, like, on the horizon coming out, people weren't sure if it was a prequel. It sure seems it. Like, even on the back of the box, it's, like, experience the rise of faith. So I think it is a prequel. I forget what they ended up determining. And it's just kind of, there's, like, there's no explanation. Like you're kind of just dropped in and they're like, Oh, you have to read this comic to understand what's going on. I'm like, fuck, well, I better read the comic, but I'm not even sure if I want to get that invested. I just want to beat the game and be like, Oh, that was cool to revisit that style of game. But I'm not really like a diehard mirrors edge fan by any means. I think they ended up deciding it was a reboot and, but it's like earlier than what the last one took place. So it feels like a prequel, but it's actually a new storyline entirely. That's so I remember right. we were ranting about like, hey, remember that thing you guys loved and wanted a sequel? Fuck it, we're getting rid of all of that. Like, so now yeah. there's no continuity. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's basically they want you to forget the first one even happened. I think. But that's the one people liked. Yeah, that was the one I liked because I could shoot fucking people. Anyway, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but that's really the only game I've been playing, and it is it was worth twenty dollars. Let's put it that way. And hopefully, I'll be able to, in the future be able to say I platinumed it. But it's going to take a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um. Any kind of newsy bits before we maybe dive into some conversation games? I know I have a quick what's that sound just because we haven't played in a while, and I'm not sure that you guys are going to win. It's got a theme to it, too. Got a theme? Yeah. You're um, not going to tell us what the theme is, are you? I will in the beginning. Oh. Okay. 
Uh, I'll say, uh, speaking of games that are probably worth 20 bucks, uh, Tokiden 2 came out recently. I don't know fucking anything about it. But what I've heard is that it's on PC, so it's on Steam. And it's pretty much a, it's a pretty competent, uh, Monster Hunter clone. Or like, you know, parody or genre, whatever you would consider that. Yeah. Um, so Monster Hunter's a huge franchise. I think it's exclusively Nintendo. So it's only on like Switch and DS and, uh, I think the first one's like GameCube maybe. Uh, so a lot of people wanted to play it. I know I have, but it's only on certain systems. It's very exclusive. So this one's Token in 2 is pretty similar to it, but on PC. So for anyone who wants to do online Monster Hunter with friends, this I think is going to be the closest we'll get for a while. Hmm. And I've heard some good things about it, but I've also heard a lot of technical problems. Like the lobby system apparently really gross and you just like set it up and then do something else and then end up just joining through Steam friends, like, or through your Steam account. Cause it, the in-game lobby system's so broken. Um, so I've heard it's good, but it's not good at full price. Like, if you got it for, like, 40 it'd probably be solid. If you got it for 20 it'd probably be great. But, okay. yeah, it'd be one, if you want a Monster Hunter and you don't, I think Dauntless is the one we've talked about before. It's yes, like that. that was right on the tip of my tongue, yep. I think that's going to be entering Alpha soon. So, if that's an Alpha, hell, even if that's in Beta, it could still be a year until the game's actually out. So yeah. if you want, like, a Monster Hunter for PC, like, now, soon, I think this token into is probably the closest you'll get. But, you know, be be wary that it's, you know, not super optimized. Okay. Because I think it was a PS3 or PS4, and it was ported to PC. So it's not it's not perfect. Um, What else? The one thing, I'm only going to touch on it briefly, but if there's any fans of ours that listen to um, the kind of funny guys, like I'm sure you've already heard this and it's the kind of old news at this point, but uh, Colin Moriarty like ended up just leaving the bunch. He was one of the co-founders and yeah, honestly, one of my favorite personalities on the team. And it's kind of sad to see him walk away. And it was over like a dumb tweet. Like it was like a simple joke he made. And in fact, like he's appeared on several other podcasts since like uh, he was on Joe Rogan experience. And I listened to that. It was like nearly three hours. But he explains, like, basically, just because of a simple joke tweet he made, uh, it caused all sorts of drama on the internet, and then it ended up being the catalyst of what had him leave kind of funny. And now he's doing his own thing called Colin's Last Stand, which is essentially like a YouTube series where he's going to be doing, like, history lessons and politics, like, information on politics and stuff. So, and it's kind of neat because, or it's kind of funny, I should say. Ah. But uh, the kind of funny has their own Patreon, and they were making like I think around thirty thousand a month with their uh, fan base. And then just like n- I don't want to say overnight, but over a very short amount of time, Colin launches Colin's Last Stand, and he's already by himself at forty thousand dollars a month Jeez. for Patreon. So people wow. really want his content, and m- myself included. I'm extremely excited to see what his future holds. It's a shame that he has to walk away, like because I've highly value his opinion on like video game content and what he's doing now is going to have nothing to do with video games and he's made that very clear but uh it's pretty cool that people are so supportive and showing him this wave of support after what happened and it's very unfortunate but it's also fortunate it's kind of like a double-edged sword so good luck to colin and if you're a fan yeah check out colin's last stand yeah i don't know anything about the kind of funny guys like i know greg miller's there that's about it um so i can't really give an opinion on it but i I was talking to you, Doug, about it when we found out that it's this kind of funny started out from when the guys were, I think, in their respective companies, mostly IGN, 
And they're yeah. kind of just saying, like, fuck this. We hate the corporate, like, mentality where we can't do anything because PR or HR is going to come down on us. Like, we can't say anything. So, just like, screw it. We're going to go off and do stuff ourselves. And this is what happens when you butt heads with, like, a company. And it's easy to say, like, fuck them. Like, fuck the suits and the meetings and stuff. And now we're seeing what happens when people go off and start their own thing and say, we'll do it ourselves. And then they still butt heads. Like, now you can't really blame the corporate leaders or, like, you know, the big company behind you and say, like, ah, they're too stringent. Like, now you just have to blame the guy people, you The nature with. of people in general. Yeah, no, yeah. I know what you mean. It's And it, what it boiled down to in this scenario was, like, I guess, like, a clashing of heads of when it came to politics and, like, people not standing up for other people. So, I don't know. And he just, I don't know. It was very interesting. If you're interested, I do recommend the Joe Rogan experience with Colin Moriarty. It's a totally great listen. Yeah. All I have to say is I, I was a big fan of Kind of Funny, and I thought that the guys meshed really well. In fact, they had so many different podcasts together and stuff. And in fact, one one thing about Colin leaving that has me really concerned, one of my favorite podcasts, P.S. I Love You XOXO, I'm like, what's the future of that? Does it just end abruptly because like, the co-host is no longer a thing? But re- regardless, I, I just think they had a good thing going and they had good chemistry. And it's just unfortunate because you could tell, like, for the longest time, like, Colin's, like, real passion is history and politics and stuff. So it's kind of uh, good for him to be able to branch off and do what he's truly passionate about. Like, it, it, and, like, I think even he said in his own words, like, it was time to just rip that band aid and just move on to the next project. So, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, this the day that this episode airs is when his first video is going out. So I bet there's a lot of pressure and a lot of anticipation for his first Collins last stand. I'm eager to see what like the subject matter is and how he presents it should be pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Mad cats, the company everyone loves to shit on cause yeah, they are shit. Uh, they are actually shutting down. They're filing for bankruptcy. They are done. Oh, out of here. And, the- Rip, rip. Yeah. I, I'd say it's a sad day, but honestly, like, it's, I mean, I don't know if, I think some of their controllers are good. Like, I think they actually make pretty decent, like, fighting game controllers. You know, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Um, but like, a, largely the majority of their controllers were shit and everyone knew that. And, uh, apparently they were really, really putting all their eggs in the Rock Band 4 basket and were like making all the controllers for that game. Oh, God. So when it didn't go over well, it, Rock Band really didn't sell that well. And Rock Band, you also have to buy every song like individually, and it's like $4 a song. It's fucking outrageous what? how expensive that The game is insanely expensive. I saw people streaming it, and on Twitch you can get bits. like People can just donate money to you. So they were getting like hundreds of thousands of bits like throughout the night. And even with all that money they were getting from their viewers, they were still like, yeah, we spent like $400, $500 on just songs. It's like, this is insane. Because it's not just like you buy one for your group. You have each player has to buy it individually. So like each person spent like a hundred hours on songs in one night. And they didn't even get like a quarter of all the songs. They only got like a few handfuls. But it's so expensive. That's bullshit. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with Rock Band 4. Like I feel like they're like, oh, we have to charge more for the songs because we have to pay off all the royalties to use all these songs. It's like, yeah, but the well, like, my, don't make a four. If I was if I was a video game company and I was naive, I would say to myself, "Well, people are going to play this over and over and over." You know, how much did people pay for songs back in the days of CDs? Right? You know, yeah. like three bucks. So now, not only do you get the music, but you also get you know all the the 
patterns and shit and the coding that goes into it. I can understand their mindset, but they're wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, I can understand why they thought it, but it's, it's not the good way to go about it. I think a good way to go about it would be kind of to model it around how Guitar Hero would do it. Like, well, not necessarily, but like Guitar Hero had like certain like, oh, the Beatles or Guitar Hero uh, ACDC version or whatever. Like they should sell it in like packs. It would be like, yeah, for five bucks, you get the whole discography of this artist or something. Let like, me ask you guys something. If they came out with um, a version of rock band where all of the songs were covers by their own band. Would you buy that? Or would you be disappointed that it wasn't the original music? Wait, covers by like the company's band or. Like- yeah. Like, like, like their own, um, like in-house uh, or like a, somebody with like a MIDI. I would not spend a dime on that game. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just imagining like, take on me but instead of by aha it's by brad in accounting like, <laughs> that i i don't know if i'd spend money on it but i'd certainly like to hear it I, that would be very interesting yeah so there's no the, the reason i asked there was a game um that i used to play just fucking all the time in college um it was a a, a rayman game uh raving rabbits um uh-huh. and it was sort of like um WarioWare in a weird way. Mm-hmm. So basically you get a group of people together. It was it was sort of like a party game. And um every person would have a Wiimote and um like at the beginning everybody would choose an instrument and basically like one person would have to like play the drums with their Wiimote and then like the other person would have to like I don't know, play a guitar with their Wiimote and like somebody else would have to sing. And it was all done with um, this in-house cover band and the music wasn't terrible and they sort of made it funny and like uh, uh, dress it up a little bit. So it wasn't just like shitty redone music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we had a blast and we must've played, I don't know, 500 hours of that fucking game, you know, just as a group. Cause it was in the dorm room and like, what else are you can fucking do in, yeah. you know, <laughs> center Valley, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah. no. drugs and nintendo um but they're not exclusive you could do them together (laughs) exactly you you, yeah you could do all these things together uh but i i wonder like if they actually released something like that and maybe made it a little bit more whimsical and less you know serious and cut and dry yeah i think people would still buy it and i think people would still enjoy it because the whole point of playing rock band isn't to like put yourself in the shoes of the artist that made those songs right Mm -hmm. The whole point of the game is to enjoy time with your friends. That's literally all it is. Like, if you're playing rock band by yourself, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing with your life? That's a great like, point. Let's be honest, right? That's an absolutely great point. Oh my! And God. on top of that, you're probably really bad at it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in the grand scheme of things, like no, nobody's like, wow, you know, Bass is playing that song really well. Like, no, like at best, it sounds fine. Like, it sounds like you went to like a bad, you know, cover band at you know, your local bar, like, <laughs> well, so, we even, you know, if it wasn't the real music, I don't think anybody would really care. Well, we even had uh, the fall of Troy on Doug asked him on that. Like, can you play your song on guitar here? He's like, yep. no. So it's like, it's not even like you're good at playing that instrument. It's specifically mm-hmm. playing that game. It's like being good at fighting games and thinking you can actually fight in real life. It's like, yes. <laughs> so what an analogy. Yeah. So like even that, yeah, like it, you know, you can't, master Aeros, you know Aerosmith uh, was a rock band or guitar hero and think you can just play all the songs you might know the progression and stuff but 
in those games to make them even like to make it on expert difficulty. Like they have to add a bunch of bonus notes in there that aren't actually in there, but you just don't mm-hmm. really hear it because it goes so fast. Exactly. So like, and yeah, you're right. I I think a cool way they could do this is there's so many musicians like online, like YouTube and SoundCloud, Vimeo. Like if anything, the internet's just shown us how many amazing musical artists there are out there. And if you made a like a game based around all of their stuff, which has got to be a shitload cheaper than the Beatles or Aerosmith then you can have catchy, good songs, people playing along to them, and it's not breaking the bank. Because, you know, yes, it's expensive to get all the rights and licensing for the music, but this is also just, that's all the game is. You're not writing a story, you're not making characters, you're not progressing through, like, different scenarios. It's the same thing over and over again, just the songs are different. Like, the mechanics and controls don't change from each song. Right. So, like, that's all that game is, and if you can't afford to do that, why are you doing the game? Because it's a very simple premise, and it doesn't change much as a game. Well, and it doesn't even change much version to version. Like, exactly. let's be honest. Like, yeah. You know, they don't have to do anything different. Like, even the hardware for, for that game, fundamentally, is not different. Did Guitar Hero add a keyboard and just fucking no one did it? Like, I think that was the only real change I can think of. They have a keyboard controller? Holy shit. Because I think Guitar Hero tried to do Rock Band where they had multiple instruments and like multiple multiple people can play it. And either Rock Band or Guitar Hero at some point tried a keyboard and no one used it. So I, it like, I think yeah. here's the real question. Can I use the Donkey Kong bongos with GarageBand or Rock... Uh, uh, GarageBand? Garage <laughs> this is what I get for working on Pinecast Garage so GarageBand or Rocket League? Yeah, yes, uh, there we go. <laughs> the answer is no. I've tried. You actually can't. I really wish you could, though. Because I was good at Donkey Konga. I think what they need for Rock Band to make it successful would be an accordion controller. Oh, that'd be interesting. And it's just, that's Weird Al's. That's the Weird Al yes, discography. That'd be nice. Uh, no, I think the main problem with like Rock Band and stuff, like, I think it's past. Like, the time is gone and like past. Like, yeah. even if you still have all the controllers and still have the game and like it all works still. It's like, hey, you guys want to play Rock Band? It's like, nah, I got shit to do, man. I don't have four <laughs> hours to just like get high and play Weezer like over and over again. Like we did in high school. Like, I think that, I think the era of that stuff, it's just kind of moved on. Like what was it? Guitar Hero tried to do, uh, where it wasn't like VR, but it was like a live band or live audience. And if you were playing right, they would cheer you on. If you're playing wrong, they would boo you. And it was from, it was like a first person perspective of Guitar Hero. And it's like, everyone's like, that's terrible. Why would anyone want this? Like, yeah, I remember that. There's nothing about Rock Band or Guitar Hero lately that has won anyone to go back, or at least not nearly in the pop numbers and popularity that it used to be. Like, I think as much as these companies can try, I think it's mostly just kind of over and they gotta accept that or come up with something super revolutionary besides just nickel and diming you for every fucking song. Cause at that yeah. point, why are you like, I don't know. I was going to say, why don't you just play on the instrument you already have and then play the music on your computer or something instead of buying it again for four hours or import the music you have from a computer somehow. Or just save you your money and again. go see that artist live or something because they're probably touring around. Like, I don't know if you, it doesn't or make sense. Get Guitar Smith, which is actually a guitar playing video game that teaches you how to play guitar. Like, I don't know how well it does, but it's a shitload better than Guitar Hero or Rock Band. Yeah. You actually oh, yeah. learn notes. That's the thing. I don't know. And that's what I mean. When it comes to any of those games, like as a legitimate musician, I think to myself, like, you're better off if you have these desires instead of just, yeah, playing in your freaking living room. You can go in a garage somewhere with your buddies and, like, really just shred and make your own weird tunes. Yeah, I got a buddy who's a professional drummer and he's like, I can't use the rock band drum kit. Like, 
And we're like, why not? He's like, because in real life, there's not a delay between when you hit the drum and you hear the drum. Yeah. Like, as good as it is, it's still a controller and has to send a signal to the console. Like, So there's always going to be some chance for screwing up between those. So it's, you know, I, I think that was a prime era of like, what, 2000 to like 2010 was all like the musical instrument games. And mm-hmm. frankly, I think it's just gone and passed. Like it was just a fad. And, you know, yeah. I wouldn't build a whole company around that. Or if you did, I'd get ready to move on. Yeah, they're trying to hold on with the whole VR movement with it. I don't know. It seems like a yeah. joke. They got, like, lasers and shit bl- blasting out of your instruments. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, I th- yeah, I think they came and went, and Mad Cats is just kind of the flagship of the controller developers, like the manufacturers. And with yeah. them going down, it's kind of a sign. Rest in peace. Yeah, I see the tagline is, uh, ah. the trouble the hardware maker used up its ninth life. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, oh, you know. I don't even know why I say rest in peace. I say good riddance, maybe. Yeah, like, I know it's people with their jobs and like all that. They're paying for their families. But those cops, those controllers suck dick. Yeah, like, they were just bad offshoots. Um, well, that brings us. Let's do a quick game of what's that sound? And maybe if we have some time, oh. we can do some stumpers too. What's uh, up? Sounds good. Real quick. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, the online Final Fantasy game, the MMO. Yes. Uh, if anyone was interested in playing it, they have now extended their free to try period. So now you can play the game completely free up to level 35, which is a good chunk. Like, that's a, that's a good amount of levels. Oh, shit. Um, and then after that, you would have to start paying for a subscription or whatever the payment system is. But yeah, if you were interested in Final Fantasy fourteen, now is the time. Like, there's a perfect chance for you. And I believe it is on console as well. Like, this is on console and PC. They're getting rid of the PlayStation 3 support for the game. Um, but now... Because uh, I guess they're kind of phasing out of the PS3 era, but if you want, if you have a PS4 and you want to get Final Fantasy 14 on PS4, they won't charge you anything to upgrade to a PS4 copy if you already have an account. Okay, so that's good. Nice. Yeah, I might have uh, to give that a go. It's interesting. I wonder what like level cap is in a game like that. If it's like 50, that's like oh well, I played no, more than half. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know it's pretty high. Like this, okay, it's actually I've heard a. I've heard actually really good things about the story for Final Fantasy XIV, which is weird to hear in an MMO. Like, yeah. It has a good story. So people people who play it really love it. Like, they get really into it. I know Corey and Amanda are really big into that game uh, from One Track Gamers. Uh, so yeah. I, I might have to try to get into it and maybe join their guild or whatever. I, I, actually, I did play it for a little while on PC, like, a couple years ago. Hell, that must have been two years ago when we started the podcast. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I might give it a try. I just don't like because it, it's in like the new Final Fantasy world of like Final Fantasy. What was it like thirteen and like fifteen with like Lenny and stuff? And I I like the before ten before Final Fantasy ten era of games where they're like white mage and black mage and red mage and like all those and different monsters. And now it's just kind of like everyone kind of looks the same and there's cat boys and little like elf creatures, but they're weird. Like I don't know. I'll give it a shot, but I'm just not as th- I'm not invested in that world anymore as I was the uh, single-digit Final Fantasy games. I hear you. I sort of understand what you mean. I really loved 15, though. I feel like that just is well, so yeah, good. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, kind of like its own thing. Yeah, and I think there's the new DLC. It might even be available now. I forget. I really have to look into that. I've just been too busy with these other. Yeah, if it's not available now, it's definitely soon. The yes. DLC. Um, I mentioned ukulele earlier. They released their ukulele rap because they did it with the Donkey Kong Country, uh, Donkey Kong 64 game. So if you go on YouTube, you can look up ukulele rap and it's the 
I'm, I guess it's the intro for the game. And it it's good. It, it'll never be as good as the DK rap, but I don't think anything will be. Uh, but it's definitely the same crew. It's Grant, Grant Kirkhope who was behind that. So it's, it's solid and it's thoroughly entertaining. There's a snake wearing a hat and a pair of pants. But since it's a snake, the snake goes down to one pant leg and then loops back around. Like, and it pretends like his tail's an arm. So it's definitely very whimsical in it. I'm definitely look, I'm looking forward to that game. And I'm definitely saying definitely too much. Um, <laughs> definitely. What else is there? Definitely. Spider-Man Homecoming with the Venom news. Spider-Man Homecoming got its trailer out for the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, honestly, a lot better than I thought it'd be. I, I'm not a fan of the Spider-Man movies because they've mostly just gone to shit. And Spider-Man's my favorite character, so I know way too much about it. Uh, my real only complaint with it is it shows too much. It gives away almost the entire story and any big twister turns in the plot. Oh, I thought you were going to say trailer. full frontal. Full, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> just kidding. Spider-Man goes full frontal. It's a naked 13-year-old <laughs> white boy in a Queens, New York. Oh, no. It's also an episode of Law & Order SVU. Um, but yeah, I think it just gives away way too much of the story. So if you're interested in Spider-Man Homecoming, I would say avoid the trailer. Because I, I feel like it gives, it gives away too much. Interesting. Um, and, uh, Elon Musk is trying to incorporate humans and AIs into our brain. So he is just straight up fucking Lex Luthor now. Yeah, you won't even have to use that. Pinecast Studio anymore. You're just gonna, you're just gonna push a it's button on your forehead there. and the wow. podcast will just come out and just save it right to Dropbox for you. Yeah. You just have to hit a button on your head. You talk, hit the button again, and then just say Pinecast export and you're done. That's the podcast. What happens when you have corrupted data in your brain? That's not going to be good. Uh, it's like a veterinary hospital, like with horses. We just put you down. Just take out that <laughs> shotgun. It's just like shame. That's Turn what I mean. Glue. I don't know. I, I, it was bound to happen. Like we all. Like I feel like that's the thing. I feel like science fiction kind of molds the path of what we're gonna the next future technology is. So like I don't know. They were probably like speculating like oh space uh like s- spaceships and shit. And then we got to the moon, and now it's like. Yeah, we're imagining being like, oh, living on forever perpetually in like an AI or something. But that doesn't even make sense because you don't want to have any sensation or feeling what actually makes you human. So I, well, I, it's interesting. I think in our lost episode that was broken up, we actually talked about the theory that the w- entire universe is a simulation and a computer and stuff. Yeah, wow. We really were out there back then. I, I honestly just <laughs> We got real high. <laughs> That's what I mean. I forget about how weird our show was. Like looking back, I'm just thinking, like moving forward on like the maybe like the past ten episodes are the only thing fresh in my mind. I'm like, yeah, we're doing pretty good. But then when I go further back than that, I'm like, oh, what the fuck were we doing? Um, I don't know. Uh, but I was gonna say, uh, with science fiction and technology, like there's actually I don't know if it's a theory or if it's just kind of like an idea that like people are making read science fiction, they grow up on it, and they love it, and then now that they're developers and engineers and creating stuff and like new technology. They're like, oh, I made this thing in kind of an homage to, like, Blade Runner, huh? It's like a wink and a nut. It's like, so technically, we are kind of living in, like, that future, like, the Blade Runner future, not because that thing exists, because the guy who made it was inspired by that science fiction book. Yes. So, like, there are, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, articles, but there are people who point that stuff out where it's like, I was inspired by this, so I made it to look like that, and now we are living in Tron or whatever, and it's kind of interesting. That's all I got. Uh... What do you guys want? Game yeah, or something? Yeah, let's play a game of What's That Sound? Alright guys, so we're going to play some What's That Sound. Uh, 
there is a theme to it, as I mentioned earlier, and I'm going to go ahead and give it to you guys just to give you a, a maybe a little bit of an, of an advantage. But the theme is like car games. Sent car games, car Shit. games. So car games. You know, none of us play racing games. I, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. That, good, best of luck. Well, this this will be fine. There's a good chance you could win, but I'm not optimistic. There's but, not a good chance. You you're not. Uh, don't be yes, optimistic. No. There's <laughs> the thing. Let's see. Sound number one now. I mean, I know the franchise. I don't know if we're going to try and get game specific. Is it Rocket League? Yes, that was Rocket League. (laughs) Well, I was wrong. Yeah, and that's the thing. I heard Brent mention the franchise. I'm like, it's only one game. Uh, What were? Well, actually, save it because it could be another one. Um, But I'll give Vast that one. Very good guess. Nailed it on the first one. Uh, So you you guys got two more to try. countdown is like the same in every game like it's hard to distinguish the thing that sort of solved it for me was um all the little juicy noises towards the middle (laughs) you know like all the little like boosts and stuff because that's that's very familiar to me that's good i thought i thought i knew what it was from the countdown so i kind of checked out after that so it's a good thing bastikop nice all right well then let's see what you guys make of sound number two let's do this thing I mean, this is very obvious for me, like, what it's based on, but I know there's, like, three racing games. Ooh, okay, so Bren's pretty close. Uh, What are you thinking of this sound clip, Basta? You know what this sounds like? And and this is based on, like, the, the five, quote-unquote, car games um, <laughs> that I've played in my life. It sounds a lot like Streets of SimCity, because the sounds sound very, like, low-resolution. <laughs> What the fuck Never is Streets of, of SimCity? No, I so, wish now. So this is a game. Um, it came with uh, like a like a pack of uh, Maxis games way back in the day. So you got like Sim Tower, uh, Sim Island, Sim City Three Thousand, and then you got Streets Streets of Sim City. And what you would do, <laughs> you would build a city in Sim City, and then you would switch over to Streets of Sim City, and you could play in that city. And it was like a first person racing game. And it was bullshit because all the game consisted of was like these weird quests where you had to like pick up passengers and like deliver them somewhere like a cab. But you're in this like extraordinarily expensive sports car and like your tires (laughs) would just constantly go flat. It was awful. Um, But I take it that's not the answer. (laughs) No, it is not at all. But I'm glad you brought that that ancient relic into this conversation because, wow, listeners need to look that one up. That is weird. Streets of SimCity. Yeah. Um, nope. Uh, let's see what Bren's thinking though. So that's strike one. I, I have a feeling Bren said he's narrowed it down to three and you have two more guesses. So, well, if I use the two guesses, I definitely can get it. Cause it's, it's actually two games I was thinking of. Okay. Dude. Well then you, you most likely are going to get this, uh, guess number one, uh, Simpsons road rage. No, that is not it. Hit and run. Simpsons hit and run. Yes. Oh, there you guys go. did it. Good job. Bren. Road rage was like the crazy taxi version of Simpsons. Hit and Run was like Grand Theft Auto. Yes. So I, I wasn't sure which one was more driving-centric. Nice. Well, you guys are definitely winners, but I do have a th- 
sound three that we might as well see if you guys can get them all. But there's actually a part A and a part B. So let's listen to 3A and see what you guys make of that. pretty sure they just say the game's title at the very end of that clip oh shit <laughs> did they really so, i mean i know there's a game with that title i don't know if this is the one though oh wait no they do not okay so it's not the yakuza franchise then no okay because that is a game franchise uh, series interesting oh i did not know that yeah so what weird. do you make of that weird ass theme it's like yeah I remember hearing that and then being like, I know I played this game back in the day, but I don't remember that being the beginning. I, I don't know anything. Like, I got nothing. All right, well, then sound B will help you out, but let's get a, a, a shit guess from both of you guys. A shit guess. Shit guess. Um, how about, uh, and this is, this is going to be out of left field, but it, it's a game that had a lot of driving, if I remember correctly. Um, 007 Agent Under Fire. For nah, GameCube. No one played that. And the no, game was terrible. <laughs> that's not it, but I appreciate the guess. Um, it's a good guess, though, yeah. What are you thinking, Bren? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what music that would fit to. Like, Need for Speed? No. Decent guess. All right, so now we, we're down to one more, and you guys already won, but let's see what you make of uh, the second sound here. Is this from the same game? Yes, same game. <laughs> like the weird, like offshoot sound effects are very odd. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. Know, it doesn't. That didn't help me at all. <laughs> I was hoping that might. Oh man, shut. You know this. Th- the 3B clip. Um, sort of. Re- and this. This is another game out of left field. Um, it sort of reminded me of the driving noises and like sound effects of Lego Island. <laughs> you're bringing back all game? the ancient. Yes, I actually do know which one you're talking about this I time. Mean, and that game was, was there, awesome. Uh, there was a sequel to Lego Island. What no the way. shit? There's a Lego game that's coming out for the Switch soon that apparently is getting people, I think, worried. I think that it won't work. Or there was something, there's some article I saw about the new Lego game on the Switch. Hmm. And it was of the Lego Island uh, franchise, so I, apparently it's still going. Holy Who shit! Knew? That I remember just that on original like Windows. I don't even know ninety five uh, or ninety eight. Yeah, way back. <laughs> oh man, I but, remember uh, that because my dad still runs a Windows ninety eight computer at my house. Oh, that's sad. Uh, but of no, that he is does. not Lego Island. That was actually a sound clip. Both of those were from Grand Theft Auto two. Oh, I was gonna guess that like Isn't just that as a throwaway weird? guess yeah because i i that was the first grand theft auto i played i never actually saw the first one but i, I started with two yeah when i was the ripe age of seven 
Oh, man. I shouldn't have been playing. I started, well, yeah, I think I started with two, and um, I saw gameplay of the first one, like, at a friend's house, and it was, like, yeah, the same kind of top-down. You could go fart on people and shit. It was interesting. <laughs> I remember, like, playing it, but not knowing, like, any, like not understanding what's happening. It was just, to be fair, it's just what I do in Grand Theft Auto today, just run around and fuck things up. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, if you go back, like, I highly recommend our listener, look up the trailer or, like, opening, like, cutscene of uh, Grand Theft Auto 2. It's just like, yeah, these, like, badass dudes just stealing cars, like, with live actors. Like, it's so fucking hilarious. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's basically the whole premise of the game. Just steal cars and be a dick. <laughs> and I remember oh, when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out and they're like, it's in 3D. It's like, what? It's not top down anymore? Like, it was bird's eye view top down 2. Yep. And it was so weird to play Same, that. Yeah, those are throwback games, the first two Grand Theft Autos. But you guys win. What's that sound? Thanks for playing. Yeah, and I didn't guess it this time and still get it wrong like I do all the time. Yeah, that's a bonus. Um, all right, is that a bonus? That? Our, our listeners are not going to be able to fill in their bingo cards. Uh, well, speaking of bonuses, uh, we can do some stumpers. They should make a stumpers oh, uh, spot on their bingo card because we've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, we should we should do like a proper. Se- what if we listeners? If we made actual bingo cards and and like sold them for like five bucks online. <laughs> nope. Nope, I'm already going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this idea, because then we probably have to have, them? like, a, a cash, like, prize for whoever, anyone, anytime anyone ever wins bingo, and what if, do like... We though, do we, though? I mean, our listeners are still with us. Let's be honest, would, like... <laughs> would we take the money we get from people buying the bingo cards and just put it in, like, a big pot, like, a big pool, and then when they win it, we send it out to them? Yeah, but or then we have to evenly distribute it to whoever listens to that episode. Oh, God. Because everyone wins. <laughs> Dear Japan listeners, here's your five dollars. <laughs> We'd have to be real, real careful. That <laughs> let's scrap Wait, yeah, that e- idea. Yeah, everyone would win the same time. That'd be a terrible. No, no, no. You would make different <laughs> different bingo cards. So you'd you'd make like I don't know. Oh, that's right. Five hundred different bingo cards, and so like at most like oh. two or three people would win. I mean, otherwise I mean, think think of like real life bingo where people bet money, like. They would just go bankrupt. <laughs> like one person would, the whole room would win. Yeah. How about stumpers? <laughs> as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Uh, this one, this first number comes to us from uh, a number of topics, uh, most specifically Oreos. Are millionaires able to enjoy common food like Oreo, or is their taste so exquisite that only $1,000 meals can satisfy them? <laughs> oh, shit. It well, do you think they to- could be a $1,000 Oreo meal? <laughs> you can buy $1,000 worth of Oreos, yeah. I was thinking um, of like an Oreo with like a truffle in between the two cookies and like gold foil around the trim or something. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know what this word means, but like an Oreo souffle, like that sounds fancy. Oh. Do you know what a souffle is? No. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Bless your heart, Doug. <laughs> Jesus. Well, now here comes the question of like, is it like cookies and cream where it's Oreo flavored, or is it an actual souffle like trying to sou- like sandwich between the two Oreo cookies? Like I'm always imagining. Maybe it's a souffle where like the very top and the very bottom are chocolate, but then the middle is just cream flavored. Hmm. Made made by Nabisco. It's gotta be. It's the branding deal. Um. Sorry, I'm just looking up what souffle means. <laughs> gotcha. It's pretty much a balloon you can eat. Yeah, I see. Okay, a baked egg dish thing or, or egg based dish. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I didn't know there was like a buy in for eating food once you hit a certain level of wealth. Like, <laughs> you only can, sh- like, you can never have street food ever again because it's only $8. It has to be a minimum $1,000. I mean, if, if you go to KFC and you're a millionaire, you're like, yeah, let me have the the 12-piece bucket with uh, an extra side of uh, mashed potatoes and one of the coleslaws, and give me um, two cookies, and uh, you're going to have to throw in the gold leaf with that. Um <laughs> I, I, here's my millionaire card, uh, just so you can uh, verify. <laughs> or you go that. to like you go to the movie theater and like, can I get a large popcorn and a large soda? And be like, great, that'll be five thousand dollars. It's like fantastic. Fucking <laughs> movie theaters are an outrage. Yeah. Um, or would it just be anytime you eat, you have to spend a thousand dollars? So it'd be like, I want the you know chicken breast bucket. I want the side of mashed potatoes, and I'm also buying the store. I'm buying this franchise. Like, and you just drop the bill. That's that's like that's very Mr. Creosote. <laughs> Just like ordering one of everything. Wow, that is I think the first time a reference has gone over my head. What the fuck is a Mr. Creosote? Uh, it's an old Monty Python sketch. Um Oh, that's his name. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Alright. Um also if you're a millionaire and you're required to eat a thousand dollars every meal, wouldn't you just eat like a like ten hundred dollar bills? Like I feel like that'd be easier than actually trying <laughs> to find all the food and eat it. Like you would get filled up, like no matter. What I don't even know is. how I could buy a thousand dollars worth. Like I, I physically don't know how I could buy a thousand dollars worth of food. Just like nothing oh, but gold flake. I don't know. Yeah, I watched with my mom this show that she's addicted to called uh, like Couponers or something. It's a show about oh, people that like Couponers. Yeah, they they go and like find just so many coupons. And then yeah. they go to a store and then like the store ends up paying them like $200 to, to just yeah, take away like it. all that food. But like at a certain point, like you become a couponer and like the, the food costs less, right? Until it, it becomes a certain point where the food costs negative money. So like, I don't even think you could buy a thousand dollars worth of food. You know, like these people pull up with like four shopping carts worth of shit at like a Costco. And then the woman like opens her wallet and it, like George Costanza's all over the place. And it, it, it's still negative dollars. I don't how know how you can. How is that possible? Wow. Yeah, you have to watch the show. It's it's uh, enamoring. It sounds like they earn what they get because that takes a lot of effort getting all these that's coupons. What, that's the thing. Like it's their life. They have to do that all the time, looking for coupons and like s- scrapping every penny and stuff. So I'm like, fuck it, you've earned it. Like there you go, take the money, you've earned it. Well, yeah, done. you you game the system. I mean, on one hand, I feel that way. On the other hand, I'm like. You could also just not buy 600 pounds of rice and no. spend like 30 bucks. And it, it, the other the other thing to note, have you ever seen a person on that show that is not substantially overweight? I have, but I've never seen a person on the show who's happy. Like, <laughs> like, like you said, their house is filled. Like they don't have wallpaper because it's just filled with like a thousand bottles of like 
two liter Mountain Dew because they have to buy it in bulk. Like it's mm-hmm. all stuff they have to buy in so much bulk and surplus that it's you'll never go through it. So yeah, it's you know they ended up getting some money back, but they're you ain't happy with what you bought. It's yeah, not why, stuff you want. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of work for for. I don't know. It's like, yeah, great. guess what, kids? We've got rice aroni for the next seven months for dinner. Rice aroni for your entire life. All right, this next question comes to us from the topic Kermit the Frog. Oh, wait. Why is that a topic? Why did Kermit care about Miss Piggy? She was simply using him to climb the social ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Honestly, I'm with this question asker. Miss Piggy fucking sucks. Uh, Kermit Kermit shouldn't care about her. He should be like, move on to prettier, nicer women, because they exist. I'm not arguing with the personality of Miss Piggy, but I like this world where this question asker established that there's an aristocratic aristocratic society within the Muppets. Within, like, the 50 Muppets that exist, there's a hierarchy of social status. (laughs) <laughs> and Kermit is way at the top. Yeah, and, which you know, if you watch the Muppets, he really isn't. Like he gets left out of a lot of stuff. He he has some pretty chronic depression going on. No, it depending on the iteration of the Muppets, the highest he gets is just being the boss at the Muppet Show. Like he's just like the showrunner and producer of the show, mm-hmm. and that's not even like a glorified position. Like he has to do fucking everything. It sucks. Yeah, but like he. He doesn't even have control over everything. He's just involved with everything. He's so, just like, always yeah, salty. He, I I mean, I don't blame him. He's got a lot of shit to do in. Mm-hmm. Animal comes in and just destroys the fifth fucking drum set of the week. Drum sets are expensive, Animal. Yeah. What are you thinking? Holy shit. Get control of yourself, man. You're 37. Come on. <laughs> and Sweetums comes in and just breaks everything because he's just five times bigger than any other Muppet. Stadler or Waldorf are just sitting up in the balcony laughing at him the whole time. I'm amazed Kermit's still alive. I thought he would have given into the drink a long time ago, and that li- that frog liver would have given out. He only drinks Lipton. <laughs> yeah. He only drinks branded deals. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. But, I mean, Miss Piggy premiered in Pig- or was it? Yeah, Hogs in Space. She was like an offshoot B character in the first season, and then they made her... Uh, main cast star after Kirby. the first season. Really? So people, I, people actually loved her so much, they brought her on as a recurring character. Oh, wow. Lord. So if anything, she is the most popular. That's I like Kermit more. That's just me. Everybody likes Kermit more. I like Gonzo. He's in love with a chicken and he's not ashamed of it. It's also a weird bestiality territory. Yeah, well... Mm, uh, but we don't well, know they- what he is. <laughs> is he an animal or is he an alien? Uh... Let's just let let's just leave that one be. Uh, this next question comes to us from the topic interpersonal interaction. What does it mean when a guy says you complain too much? <laughs> That's a pretty open and shut one. Uh, it means you need to reevaluate how like how you process things and how you the words that come out of your mouth. <laughs> Sounds like you gotta shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, like, I I don't even know how to respond to this question. He means you complain too much. That's that's like using the, that's like trying to define a word and using that word in the definition. It's like, you, you clearly know what it means. <laughs> the, the, the top answer here, he means what he says. He always means what he says. 
<laughs> okay. Whoa, wait. <laughs> is that the is that the person responding saying he always means what he says? That's the person responding, yeah. How do they know what her boyfriend If does? you're looking for other meanings in what he is saying, you won't find it. He is not that complex. This this person answering the question is presuming a lot about this guy, this said guy in the question. And I am curious if there's actually someone, or if that's actually the guy responding no, maybe to it is. whoever's answering the question. I mean, if your boyfriend's making fake Quora accounts and stalking your account to answer every one of your questions in a passive-aggressive, anonymous way, I'd complain a lot, too. But also... <laughs> yeah, wait, that one was very confusing. I'm just thinking that's one of the most we- the weirdest relationships, if that's how this is panning out. Like, what? <laughs> why would you ever be like, he means what he says. He's a very straightforward guy. Like, he... You don't know him. Let, let me let me uh, let me part the kimono a little bit on this. And God, let's- I, <laughs> all right, let me stop you right there. I hate that expression, and I didn't realize that until like a week ago when you said that, like off air. And oh, it. Ugh. All right, fine. Let, let's let's piece the bathrobe on this one. And <laughs> so what if from a kimono? What if we ditch our assumption that this is a woman? in a relationship with a man that says that she complains too much. What if this is just someone who has been told by an acquaintance, perhaps on the street, perhaps at work, that they complain too much? What does that mean? Huh. It means be happy. Be happier and, like, just deal with it. Once again, it goes back to the rude answer I gave in the beginning. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Pretty much. It's just like, I don't know. You don't like it? I don't need to hear it. All right. Put, well, up, here, put here up or comes, shut up. Here comes, our next, here comes our next question. This one comes from the topic bodybuilding. Why triangular buildings are good? <laughs> uh, do, have you seen the pyramids? I mean, give me a fucking break. That is some, like, incredible architecture right there. I got a little lightheaded just now. (laughs) (laughs) Why triangular buildings are good? Because, wait, well, first of all, it's very um, streamlined in in the sense of, like, if it's raining. Very obvious thing, right? This is under the category for bodybuilding. Oh, fuck. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> not like building, but not like architecture. This is bodybuilding. Oh, Christ. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> Why triangular buildings are good. It should also be noted for the, for the listeners at home that triangular is capitalized. <laughs> Why triangular buildings are good. Well, if it's you know, bodybuilding. Triangular building. Are they talking about, like, their pecs? <laughs> Is there a part of your body called the triangular that I don't know about? Your tricep, your tricep, your triangular. When I have my arm workouts, I always, I always make sure that I work my triangulars. (laughs) I mean, bodybuilders do kind of get a like upside down pyramid kind of thing going, like when they really work on like their like pecs and like chest and stuff. Like it's kind of triangular, like the whole body. Well, triangles are the strongest shape. Dude, I of think course. what he's asking is, yeah, if what if you work out inside of a pyramid? I think it's <laughs> that's where you get the most gains. 
It's, is it better so to work can... out inside of a triangular building? I think that's what he's asking. He's like, oh, it's bodybuilding. I should ask him, why are these buildings better for my uh, routine? Wasn't this a pyramid scam in the 80s where it's like if you do everything inside of a pyramid, it like detoxifies your body? Like, yeah, you that's, that's how hat. pyramid scams work. You go to a pyramid and then somebody scams mm-hmm. you. Gotcha. And that's why Pyramid Head wears that on his head. Because he's just he's just trying to get <laughs> you to out. sign up for a timeshare. <laughs> that's all it is. Pyramid Head's just trying to get you to selling a Vima or Visa or whatever that like energy drink. Oh god. Oh god. Yeah. Is <laughs> well, it nature light? The and they're like they're being like they're being uh, sued by the IRS or whatever. It's like what? No way. Who would have thought? Oh wait, fucking everyone. It's so obvious. Oh god. There's so many yeah. kids in my high school who got in on that and just. I don't know where they are, but they owe a lot of money to somebody. R.I.P. Fucking idiots. Or they're owed a lot of money in a class action lawsuit. It could go either way. No, they're definitely getting sued. They were part of it. Uh, <laughs> I got distracted, and then I re- just read the question again and realized how fucking stupid it is. No, oh, man, I had a really dumb idea. Like, I'm picturing myself inside a triangular building, and there's, like, you could, like, climb a rope that's, like, the hypotenuse, but, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's right. happening right now? I think I think we've tapped out this question a little bit. Uh, the word hypotenuse has been broken out, and I'm feeling uncomfortable about it. Um, this this next question comes to us from three different topics. Uh, oh no, Guy Fieri dislikes <laughs> and restaurants. The question is: Does Guy Fieri ever dislike a restaurant he visits on diners, drive-ins, and dives? Uh, yo, that's a great question. I've always been like, this guy can't like every single thing he eats. And I feel like we may have talked about this in the, like, the hundreds of episodes we've done of this I stupid show. Not. But I hope not either. But in general, there's got to be moments where he like puts something in his mouth. It tastes like complete like dog balls. And he's just like, this is... And then he like has to like put on Whoa. a shitty and grin and be like, this is great. I watched, a lot of, I watched a lot of Food Network in college with AJ. That was like our go-to <laughs> uh, television station. And... We established we all get high in college. We know this. Yeah, time, time and time again, uh, we would watch Guy Fieri go into a kitchen with a chef, and the chef is, like, making, like, I don't know, like a cheesesteak, right? And then Guy Fieri's like, oh, yeah, I got to break out that hot sauce. And so then he, like, pulls out, like, like a fucking gallon jug of some hot sauce, and you're like, yeah, lay it on there, you know? And he, he just gets so excited about ruining this guy's food. And then at the end, he, like, shoves it in his face, and so I wonder... Does he have some sort of like sixth sense um, of like when food isn't going to be to his liking and he just brings around like Hillary Clinton brings around hot sauce with him, just like applying it to food as needed? Wait, what did Hillary Clinton do that? Yeah, yeah Hillary Clinton the always carries around hot sauce. I thought that was from Undercover Brother. I think she was she was pandering to her audience. Oh, <laughs> no, but white people like mayonnaise, according to Undercover Brother. Anyway, um, I think. The first off, I don't think Guy Fieri has any actual taste buds left. He uses that much hot sauce, and it's just burnt off his tongue, and he's just playing the long con of like, yeah, this tastes great. I don't know. My life is a Whoa. sham. Everything I say is a lie. It's like those people that have sex and don't even feel it. Holy shit. What? You mean my wife? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so sad. That was for me. <laughs> um, 
No. It, all right. First off, I hate to break this illusion for you, Doug. Uh, Diner Strivings and Dive is a television show. If <laughs> that happens, they just don't put it in the show. They just edit it out. Like when we say offensive things, you just edit it out from the podcast so no one hears it. Oh, uh, that's true. I just didn't Yeah, keep that in perspective. I thought they would show him being <laughs> like, oh, this sucks. No, because that would be terrible television or great television if you're British and Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> but like, weird thing is, Gordon Ram- Ramsay in TV in England is actually like super nice and encouraging and stuff. In America, they cut it off to make it seem like he's the biggest asshole. And granted, he yells and screams a lot. like, But like they cut it off so that's all you see. Where in mm-hmm. England, he's actually very nice. It's weird. Huh. Well, he's also not the greatest person. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He's pretty nice. Like, if you see him outside of American television, he's a nice guy. Yeah, like, but he like, also does some skeezy things. Like, I remember there was some, like, weird scandal with him and, like, a restaurant that he owned and, like, just oh, some, like, the business dealings that he's had have been less than less than amazing. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but, yeah, like, <laughs> Guy Fieri, no, all his stuff is fucking Flavortown and, like, flames on your Mustang and, like, and a guy stole my Fiat uh ferrari and like drove around la and crashed it that happened once um wearing his sunglasses backwards (laughs) they knew it was him because as soon as he sat in the driver's seat his hair slowly started getting uh uh bleached or was it highlighted uh you slowly become guy fieri when you sit in his car to go werewolf um no they cut out everything in the show that's bad so they only show the good stuff well is guy fieri a millionaire I really hope not. I, I mean, really he probably is. He has well, like twelve books. That's what I mean. So, do we? What do you think the most expensive thing he's ever eaten at a dr- driver's dine-in or whatever the fuck? Like, I wonder if he had a thousand dollar Oreo souffle. I I can't imagine that he didn't. <laughs> Apparently, in England, there's a two thousand dollar hot dog. Holy fuck! I saw that. Oh, no, it's you, no, you it's American. It. Never mind. Yeah, it's from the Daily Mail, which is a UK. Uh, the Daily Mail is trash, though. It is, but this is also a trash story, so I assume it's right. Yeah, you can spend no. uh, anywhere from $20 to 2000 on a hot dog. Yeah, because fucking why not? Uh, no, yeah, Guy Fieri has a bunch of cookbooks. He did that weird thing with TGI Fridays, like, mascot for a while. Uh, he's probably got a bunch of, like, knives and stuff like with his name on it. So, honestly, yeah, he's probably a millionaire. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, but no, they don't show anything he doesn't like on it. But also, maybe he likes everything because he once again no longer has taste buds. He could eat a shoe and say that's Flavor Country, that's Flavor Town right there. That's an all-access. Pe- that's a key to the city to Flavor Town. Well, you know what is a key? Bread shoes. Yeah, for the bingo oh. card. All right, guys, guys, can we make Blair bread shoes and give them the Guy Fieri? Can we send Guy Fieri bread shoes? Can we open a restaurant that makes bread shoes and then invite Guy Fieri to come and eat at it? I'm for can it. We tr- can we try to like inception this idea into Guy Fieri so he does it all since he's a millionaire and has the money for it? And then we just like secretly take credit for it. We're just like, this was all ours. This was our baby. And then we have like proof like from all of our stuff. We, we show him the podcast and then he just... I mean, even better than that, we we ride that wave. We let him. We let him take that glory. We let him capitalize on bread shoes. But guess what? We've already set up a bread shoe factory. And where is everybody going to get their bread shoes from? Bread Shoes Incorporated LLC. We monetize bread shoes or monopolize. We should make a pyramid scheme and have him invest all his money into triangular gyms. 
<laughs> we become everything we've hated for so long. But for Brett's shoes, a guy Fieri will do it. Here comes our last question before we read off one more. And this one comes to us from the topic Sharpies. Here comes our last question before our last question. Before our last question. If you continuously <laughs> draw the same thing on your skin with a permanent marker, will it one day become actually permanent like a tattoo? Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, if you did it every day, yeah. No. No. <laughs> Wait, but no. Um, if, you, if you seriously think about this, though, if you did that every single day of your life, it's not going to just go away. Yeah, it will. No. Well, will. I mean, it's not... Permanent means if you like left alone, it'll still be there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not so much permanent as you're just reapplying. Yes, everything. that's what I mean. So like, it's like graffiti. Graffiti is not permanently on that wall. You can power wash that off. But if you put that same graffiti on there every single day, it you know, arguably it's not permanent because it could be the same graffiti or it could be different graffiti and you just didn't see him put it back up. Okay, so same with this tattoo. But I see in the question they're not saying like you do it perpetually because eventually they're like will it one day be permanent meaning they stop doing it and expect it to stay no it wouldn't it will fade and it will go away in like 24 hours i'd I'd give it a full week yeah i'd I'd give it a week well i was just at a concert on thursday and they did like just a simple little stamp it wasn't even a permanent marker and like i washed my hand like fucking 10 times and it's still there here's here's the problem by that point you've been doing let's say you've been doing this for a year you've just been tracing the same shape onto your skin guess what all that skin is dead because you've been putting sharpie on it every day for a year your your skin is full of toxins that are are now just like just sloughing off in just a hot, disgusting, bacteria-filled, fleshy mess. Yeah, so now you're just sharpening on the muscle fibers and, like, tendons underneath the skin because it's just dissolved away, and you just keep going. And then you die. To the bone. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it, it turns into Grim Fandango, and you get, like, a bone chisel, and you're just scraping away at the bone with your Sharpie. Oh, God. That, that skews me out. Yeah. But, no, this wouldn't happen. This is stupid. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say stupid. As with many of the things on this on this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I I actually heard though with the skin and stuff that when you get sunburn, it's not the sun damaging your skin; it's the sun like damaging the DNA in it, and it's your skin like peeling off to try and get rid of it before it becomes cancerous. I don't know if that's 100 percent true, but I mean, yes, it's a neat idea though, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I heard, I heard, and this is 100% not true, um, <laughs> but I, I read it on Here's the internet. Here's bullshit for you. <laughs> uh, I read that um, the bags on the masks for uh, uh, the oxygen masks on airplanes, they've got those mm-hmm. bags on it, and it's like the, the bag may not fill. And somebody on the internet said that the reason they have those bags is not to fill up with oxygen, but when the plane depressurizes, the blood vessels in your nose explode, and it's to catch all the blood. And it's like, what oh my god, fuck? that's <laughs> really Christ. fucking morbid. Um, but then somebody that actually works in the airline industry is like, no, it's because when you breathe, you're not always breathing in, and so the air has to go somewhere, um, which makes far more sense. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm thinking to myself, that's like, imagine if that person was right about the exploding blood vessels and stuff. Like, that's them thinking to myself, your plane's already going to crash, and the, your main concern is that the interior of it isn't just covered in blood. I don't know. <laughs> we gotta reuse it. Uh, attention passengers, we just uh, crash landed in the Hudson River. Now, if you pick up your blood bags and walk off onto the <laughs> yeah. wing. Try to keep it clean here, people. We're all gonna <laughs> die. 
Some guy's walking out with a bag and it's just full of blue blood. It's like, oh no, <laughs> they found out I'm an alien. All right, guys, and here comes here comes our final one. This one comes from the topic Rugrats TV series. <laughs> Is it okay for people to dream about Chucky Finster from the Rugrats? <laughs> no, definitively no. You stop that. As a young child, you pervert. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much uh, for for listening to to this episode of Stumpers. And everyone knows Tommy Pickles is the sexiest baby from Rugrats. Sexiest baby from Rugrats. Oh gosh. We, All right, guys. Well, that was an interesting one. Let's do some plugs and wrap this up. Uh, it's got to be Phil or Lil. Why? Twins! Oh, Christ. That's a good callback. <laughs> God damn it. Great callback. Uh, let's hear from Matt. Where can listeners find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter, at Matt Bassa, M-A-T-T-B-A-S-T-A, uh, tweeting up a storm. Or if you want to start your own podcast, check out Pinecast, P-I-N-E-C-A-S-T dot com. It's free to sign up. No credit card required. Free forever. And when you're ready for the good stuff, uh, you can upgrade for five bucks a month and use the coupon code Oreos for 40% off. Uh, for Delicious. your first three months. Delicious. $1,000 Oreos. Uh, oh. Yeah, shouldn't it be 1000 thousand Oreos? Oh, that's great. Um, And you better start a podcast, listener. You can't do much worse than us. Uh, where can listeners find <laughs> you, Brett? Well, real encouraging <laughs> while they're listening to us. Um, uh, you don't want to follow me. No one does. Instead, I recommend going to Twitter and follow at rate underscore or at dog underscore rates. It's a Twitter account that just rates dogs, and it's great, because they're good dogs, Brent. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope poodles are winning. Um, And listener, if you no, like our poodles show... poodles suck. They're mean. They're the best. They're not mean. You're, you don't know <gasps> good poodles. Uh, let's... <laughs> no, I don't. We're, uh, you can find us at ABT Silence on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, also, we do Twitch streaming, so head on over to twitch.tv slash ABT Silence. Give us a follow. We try to stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, but yeah... Hopefully, and whenever I feel like it, because I pop up there every now and then now. Yeah, usually some late night sessions with Brand too. So if you're around, come hang out, say hi and chat. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Oh, one thing, I've been continually forgetting to plug this like for weeks now, and I feel like a total asshole, so I might as well now. I was actually on... Bernie Sanders, get out there and vote for oh, him. He's Jesus a good Christ. guy, and he's really going to change his <laughs> That would be Wait, very late. No, I was uh, featured on two other podcasts. I went on to... Uh, John from One Track Gamers has his own show called The One Track Punk Show, and me and him talked music. It's I think I was on episode four of his podcast, so if you're interested in that, go check it out and give him a subscribe. And I was also recently on the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast, like a nerdy fitness podcast with Kenny Rotter, who recently appeared as a guest on our Almost Better Than Dragons D&D podcast. So yeah, and we talked, uh, I think, some music, what inspires me as far as other podcasters and stuff, and it was a real fun time. So if you want more podcast content, you can find it there. So, But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. Bye. See ya.